unlock this door with the key of imagination. Beyond it is another dimension. A dimension of sound. A dimension of sight. A dimension of mind. You're moving into a land of both shadow and substance, of things and ideas. You've just crossed over into the Twilight Zone. Hollywood, 1939. Amid the glitz and the glitter of a bustling young movie town at the height of its golden age, the Hollywood Tower Hotel was a star in its own right, a beacon for the show business elite. Now, something is about to happen that will change all that. is a maintenance service elevator still in operation waiting for you we invite you if you dare to step aboard because in tonight's episode you are the star and this elevator travels directly to the twilight zone let's hope we uh all don't fall through this morning on the Horror Business Podcast. Uh, you're listening to Thomas. And uh, this one is one that I wrote for Exotico Tequila. Uh, it's called Another for the Horror Business. I woke up and I grabbed my thermos. I lit a cigarette burner on the stove. Darby was passed out with Richard at the kitchen table and I could faintly hear John Hill talking out in the yard and he was he, he was talking to yeah, one kid in particular I I could hear him through through the curtain as as Johnny's voice faded. I the light reflection off the wall. Carter was so bright this early in the morning. Somewhat awful. I had to fumble around till my eyes adjusted. I hated sleeping with the light on, but I haven't been sleeping that great lately. So cheers. Last night was great. I found and retrieved a few personal effects I had left scattered over the house. Turned the lights off, I locked the door and I left. I was supposed to make it out to the woods. Sheriff's found a body in a hearse. Well, the only company labeled on the back I stopped for gas and a little extra coffee and double-checked my pockets to make sure I didn't forget anything. I lit a cigarette and drove away. The interstate was about a quarter mile up or so. It wasn't about an hour from there. The authority man had made it quite clear on the telephone. I made a smooth left turn and continued away for quite some time. The trees grew less thick. The road started to wind and bend. Hillsides, rocks, and asphalt, and bits of river would emerge occasionally. However, only knew it was there because I finally got to see it. I hadn't been this way in quite some time.
and headed a back road toward a good fishing hole. I knew it quite well. Sure enough, the road was taped off from the street entry. I had to park the hearse outside so it was later kind of drive in. But I walked and I met up with Inspector Donald and he handed me a cup of coffee and gave me a cigarette. He filled me in. My driver had been missing since the accident. The neighbor here is Mrs. O'Hara. Seems she said she heard a man yelling from this thing. When I ran out to sea, looked awfully pale. This white thing chasing him away. You said through that thicket? Yes, that way, she pointed. Donald with his pen and I merely observed the hand motions and the gestures, the way she talked, her eyes. She wasn't a killer, definitely was an observer. However, she had asked if she could be made aware of the dangers and we merely said, just stay inside. We approached the hearse, finally at the end of the block. A few of the other stragglers and neighbors all agreed around 8.45 to 8.50 last night was a loud crash, <clears throat> a man yelling. Obviously was probably my driver. In the pale, hideous figure we may perhaps uncover, I opened the back door and slid the slide out. I pulled out the coffin. It was, it was halfway in and halfway out. The deputy checked, nothing in the rear, but a hole through the coffin and a hole through the, and a hole that led into the cab. Giant, massive, big hole enough to crawl through, at least. But when I opened the lid, a swarm of flies had taken the deputy's head off from its shoulders, splattering blood in thousands of directions. The flies, a whole colony of them, coffin flies buzzing and swarming, almost didn't hear the next sever until I saw the blood. The head seemed to be consumed or was carried off by the swarm, but against the cold October sky, it didn't seem anything but black. The cloud and the blood pooled around my shoes, but the coffin was empty. With that many flies, would there have been any bones or remains of anything? The hole, the mad driver. This happened once before, but the car was thrown over a cliff. The explosion had killed both victims, the corpse and the driver. However, no one was ever able to figure out who was who, and the body after an explosion, everything's, anything's liable to happen, really. There's many degrees and factors, you see. We used to sew the heads on after they were severed from necks. It was a process in the human eye, but it was a waste of money. Anyway, matters have been occurring everywhere just the same. I was detained and asked a long list of questions after the incident with the deputy. He assured me things were okay and returned within seconds with another deputy who then accompanied me close to the lake where a body was found. I was released to bring my hearse down, however, was a city model. I did a lot of work with the coroner's office, not just the mortuary. Death never slept. I really never wonder why I should. I drove a ways past the guardrails and into the first patch of trees. I had to back door nearly for a clearing for the quick entry of the body. But just to the left, in another thicket through the trees, was another body. Or at least, was it identified as the driver? Or my employee, badge was still on. Roger with Hellhound Mortuaries, it glistened. The last bit of the cold and sunlight, shined the coat. <laughs> anyway, I heard him shine cone and it helped. We laid him on the pad and carried him to the back of the hearse. 
The side of his skull actually seemed smashed in the way it caved above the ears. The blood still pooled at its base, washing over the brain matter like the seas tied into the sands. And into the base and to fill the cave and retreat, I was taken away for a brief period of time. As the pad was placed in the back of the hearse and sank down the rails into the slide, locking them in place, I began my drive out, back to the morgue. As I started picking up speed from the incline halfway down the mountain, I started to rock a tad more than usual. I would slow, but I kept hearing this loud thud. Couldn't really place it. The rock got less and less heavy but behind me sounded so loud. I parked in the back of the mortuary lot near the building that was separated from the church where I lived. I worked for quite some time, but not until this time. Have I ever seen anything quite like this? When I opened the back door, the body was convulsing on the pad, half in, half out of the rails now. Strapped in, but was definitely dead. I didn't want to move it. I the detective who assured me he was only stopping for gas. I sat gawking and waiting. Blood thrown all around the back looked like a murder of its own had taken place. I guess from the gaping hole in the skull it must have just spilled everywhere. The corpse trying to gnaw the straps off, shaking and jumping and convulsing everywhere. He was throwing itself more wildly now. I had a few moments to kill till he arrived but a cigarette. As I heard the tires over the gravel, and was slightly relieved. He drove up and parked next to me and hurried out to find what I had found, a convulsing body in the back of my hearse, supposed to be dead. He tipped his hat up and looked as shocked as I was. You can tell he's tried to speak, but the only exit of any kind of words was vomit. His first question, if I had found him like that. Yes, I did actually. However, on my way here, I had had my own suspicions. I had heard the fumbling around, as he would say trying to breathe. We both agreed a bullet in his head was probably the best, for starters. A round was fired into the victim's skull. There wasn't an exit. It just laid limp now, which is how it should have been all the while. We slid the pad out of the locks. The depth helped me carry him into the morgue. There was a metal table with a bright light in the middle of the room where he was placed. I began separating the head from the vertebrae, splitting the neck. No blood ran over my blade. Clean all the way through, not a single spurt. There were decision of a lockdown because the other body that had made the driver run, the flies, well, they were gone. No one's to say if that was a spirit or some kind of an attack. The coffin flies, my guess is, was possessed over the incident. However, there was no bones in the coffin or anything to be found. The suggest was that the victim was chased. I turned on my swivel and I opened. One, two, three, four, five, ten of my drawers. Auntie, the bodies I had for burial? They're all gone. Not a sign or a trace. No kind of breaking or entering. Everything was as if I thought it was. I ran out and double checked the church doors properly and sure, everything was locked. The dead may even congregate. We didn't see any coming in or out. I took the time to call the delivery list. Only one of three had made it. Four or five was still out. I had 10 and nine was wrecked. The deputy called code blue, all units. And I had to meet with the next in line of chief. And we had a meeting in the city for lockdown, patrol along the lake and the river. 
but none of the bodies were ever found. There is a place, however, far in the hills and deep inside its walls, we find a window, and there we find a man, or what's left of him, as he paces the floor, and outside that window, where the lookers look, we heard one say, what's wrong with the doctor? No one can really say, but he keeps talking about this doomsday stuff. We have to warn people, the living dead. Are they, are they not? Well, then Alice, I have no choice but to have him executed. But the patient, the keys were jangling, echoing through the hole in the dark corridor. There was a single fly on the wall and I watched the doors open and close. Some say it stayed. Some say you could stay. And underneath the headstone, hopefully you could rest a while. That's it for this morning's Horror Business Podcast. Have a wonderful day. Much love, blessings, always.